Summer is just about here, which means it's time to start barbecuing again. Whether you're going to the beach or having a small cookout in your yard, Charbroil has a grill to fit your needs. If you use our link, you can get a Charbroil one-burner portable grill for just over $100, and it's perfect for wherever you need to cook. It's convenient and portable, and works just as well in the backyard as it does on the go. Just go to multipleworldproductions.com sponsors, and use our link to shop all the great products Charbroil has to offer. Good evening, and welcome to Beware of Spoilers. I am Adam, and I'll say it, I'm a little upset. I'm a little upset because I don't think there's going to be another movie this summer that can possibly live up to what I saw tonight, and I don't have another movie to be excited for until uh, Dune Part 2, this, uh, eh, maybe Equalizer, but I don't think there's going to be another movie that's going to capture my hype the way I was for this movie. Until, um, what's it called? Until, uh, Doom Part 2 in the summer. Um, it is... I just saw Across the Spider-Verse, which is sequel to 2018's Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. I mean, you, you don't have... What the fuck? You don't have a stop... I have... I don't have a stop sign. You do... Whatever. Um, sequel to 2018's Into the Spider-Verse. Um, and it continues the story of Miles Morales. I'm gonna try and keep... Uh, spoilers as sparse as possible, and then when we get to the point where our, the spoilers come in, I will point out where that is. Um, yeah, I I walked into this thinking, I don't know if this movie could possibly live up to the first, and I think part of that comes from the fact that the first movie was such a out-of-left-field, you know, like... I had no way, like, I, I went into that with no expectations, the first movie, because it's like, I think I talked about this on Tuesday, or, um, yeah, Tuesday when I did the Into the Spider-Verse rewatch I, on, on 30-minute reviews, I was, when I heard they were doing it, I was like, okay, it's gonna be like the DC animated stuff, where it's like, it's, it's competently made, and, and, and maybe it's entertaining, but I don't have high hopes for it, it might be good, it might not, and then when I saw it, it was, it became one of my favorite movies ever, um, when when I when I saw it. And I I think that this movie inherently has expectations that the first one didn't because of that. So I was concerned that the movie wouldn't be able to live up to those. And oh boy did it. Um it, everything about the movie works so well. You get so much more backstory. You get so much like motive like the 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 first one is a a take on an origin. This one is we are now deep in the in the trenches of who Miles Morales is, and we can really explore that. Loved all the alternate universes and all of the um, what's called all of the the beautiful art. Like this is a franchise that as that with animation we're seeing now, and I think that this is kind of what we're seeing with um, as, as we see what animation is doing, and maybe maybe it's why Pixar is having such a hard time at the box office, I mean, granted, I mean, also Mario didn't do, I, didn't, I mean, Mario was good, but it, it, and it's just beautiful, but it's just kind of like a step above generic in terms of what we expect from animated movies. Well, the Pixar movies still look and feel like Pixar movies. These other movies are doing something different, and, and like this, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, even Mario to an extent that doesn't have all that same exact feel as, as it, 
like using the 2D, using the you know the the color palettes to dictate what universe they're in. It's all so interesting and different that it makes um, what's it called? It, it makes the entire you know the entire world feel mo more cohesive when you go there. Like when they go to was Earth sixty five where Gwen Stacy's from, it's like. The color palette looks like the cover of the first comic for Spider-Gwen, and it just, it's so, so beautiful the way they do it. And then it's like, whenever they, they change, it's like the color palette changes, it, it, and it looks kind of watercolory. It's all really cool. Like, the, the universe where Spider-Man India is from is, is, um, is really, really cool, too, like, the way that looks different. Um, and then even, like, you know, when, when you go to, um, like Miles' world compared to that, it's Miles' world looks slightly different from even the you know the the other worlds we see, which we'll get into in the spoilery part. But it all looks so different and unique that it it, it it is so much different from what we see in animated movies. And even like when we look at other movies where they travel the multiverse, like look at Doctor Strange, where it's like aside from some cosmetic changes and some technology differences, the world still looks and feels very much like you know ours. It's just slightly different. Um, and it was so much better here. Um, really love the spot. I really love the way that they characterize him, um, and, and, and tie him into, into Miles' backstory, um, and, 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 and give him a motivation that feels human. And I think that's such a big part. It's such a great, you know, way to, to humanize the villain who is hell-bent on destroying the multiverse, you know, and, and it is, it is a great way to do that. Uh, love the recurrent, returning cast members, um, you know, the ones that came back from the first Spider-Man, uh, the first Spider-Verse movie. Um, there are some great cameos, especially when you get into the sequence of Spider-Society, that are really enter entertaining. Um, and as usual, I mean, look, aside from two blemishes on his on his resume, I, I don't think that Oscar Isaac has had very many bad movies, aside from, like, uh, X-Men Apocalypse, and I would say if we're talking truly bad movies... Um, Rise of Skywalker, um, but besides those two, he doesn't really have a, a blemish on his resume, and Haley Steinfeld, they both put on great performances here, I would have liked a little bit more for Jay Johnson to do, because he, like, even when he's on screen, and the little bit he's in here, it, it, it's, it's, he's so funny, he's got such great comedic timing, uh, that it works, there, the, the movie is a lot less jokey than the first one, I've noticed a lot less jokes the entire way through, and I don't think this movie quite has the, um, What's it called? It's kind of like when we look at like, you know, Wonder Woman has that great moment where she gets up out of the what's it called? Where she she gets up out of the trench and she's walking through no man's land. Like she has that great moment and and she does, you know, and, and that is you know a defining moment of that movie. On the other hand, then you have Captain Marvel tries to do something similar and it doesn't quite work as well. You know, her getting up um, and then it's like her like. Her as a child getting up, her as an adult uh, teenager getting up, and her, you know, as as Captain Marvel getting up. It doesn't. It's it's meant to be a similar emotion, even though it's different. It doesn't quite land. I don't think we quite get any moment in this that's quite as emotionally resonant as the What's Up Danger sequence in the first one. You know, when, when uh, the leap of faith. I don't think we have anything quite like that here. But I think that the how great the chase is that we've seen in the trailers between him and the spider people. That is kind of what I want to, to see happen and, and see that explored a little bit. Like that was the scene that kind of like made up for the lack of that 
because um, you get so many cool little things in there that are that are fun. I, I just, you know, this is a fantastic movie. This is a five out of five on our scale. It's a six out of five on the scale. Go, you know, go see this movie in a theater as soon as you can. It is just phenomenal. It is like, and and, and they do so much with the, you know, with what you can do with the Dolby and with the IMAX. I saw it in the Dolby, um, and it is just. So good. And we're going to move into spoiler territory now. So from here on out, if you are listening and you and you hear spoilers, please don't get mad at me. I'm warning you now. There are spoilers from here on out. Um, I think that the... I, I love the idea of really knitting together all the spider people through their, you know, collective trauma, I guess. Because it is kind of what puts all of the spider people into unique... Um, into their, their story. It is... Everyone here has gone through the same thing. They have the death of a father figure, the uh, the death of a police captain who's close to them, uh, who's trying to save a kid, and all that kind of stuff. So to have the, you know, to have the 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 end of the movie be because Miles realizes that his father is going to die because he has to because he has to because it's a canon event, what they call it, which I really love that they call it the canon event. Um, it's it's such a great reason for Miles to be willing to break, and I think that, you know, I I think that it is one of those things where this this, you know, this this movie and the next one will be about because we experience something, the next generation has to experience it too, and Miles being like, well, no, we we don't have to do that. It's you know, and and, and it's the same thing where it's like because it was bad for me, it has to be bad for you too. That's what makes us. It and it's like, well, no, you don't need to go through that, and that's what this next movie is going to be about because it's this start, the story of like, oh, we need to, you know, stop that from happening, and there are so many, you know, things that happen great in this. Like, I love the way that Spider Punk is designed to look like a like a 1970s rock album cover, uh, or specifically like um, like a British punk. Like, you know what it felt a lot like, uh, Cruella. Uh, for those of you who are younger and don't remember, well, I, I, I wasn't alive for any of it, but I'm familiar enough. But for those who don't, you know, know what I'm talking about, look at Cruella, and that's kind of what it feels like, that 70s kind of, you know, British invasion punk rock kind of thing. And, and, and it's a, such a great style. Like, every single scene he's in looks like an album cover, and it's so funny. Um, and I think that, like, the the entirety of this story being about that creates this thing where it's like, I, I would have liked to have seen a few more, I mean, granted, if they're committing to this in the multiverse, um, I, I would assume that they, they're committed to this thought that, you know, it has to be this way for everyone, um, and there is, there, there has to be some way we can stop this, um, and, and it is interesting that we're going to this universe now, at the end of the movie, Miles on, Miles ends up in this universe, where he, there is no Spider-Man, and he has to, you know, deal with that. It's like he turned into Prowler, and it's such a cool thing. Um, the live-action bits are really cool too. Um, I, I saw the bit online about Spot going to the, um, you know, the, the universe from Venom, and I was like, I don't know. I don't like of all the things. I don't really need to see Venom universe here, uh, but it worked in the context of the movie, and I think that it, it is, it is a nice little uh, tidbit. Um, the audience. When I say the audience popped for. Um, MCU Prowler showing up with Donald Glover, but this time in full costume, 
Like, the audience popped for that more than they did for Superman in the post credit scene for Black Adam. Um, and, uh, and, and the, whenever they showed the, the live action sequences from the other movies, um, that was really cool too. Cause like they showed, like you see the death of uncle Ben, um, Cliff Robertson is, uh, him dying on the ground, um, with Tobey Maguire standing over him. Uh, Andrew Garfield has a huge moment where you see him, uh, holding, um, Captain Stacy in live action. And that was really cool too. Um, it, it, it's just small things like that. Like, I think that this, like, and, and the, the whole fight sequence with, with that is like when they're going through that and you see all the other spider people, like, I think Andy Samberg is great as, as Ben Riley. And I really like the design for Ben Riley. It feels very Todd McFarlane. Um, which is just like, and, and he points it out to me. Like, you can tell that I work out because of how, uh, how well defined my muscles are. It's, it, it, it's just great little things like that. Um, the, what was the other thing that was really good? Um, the, the include, like, I think that there's a Spider-Man that we know from somewhere else that like, besides like, like Spectacular Spider-Man got a big pop too from the cartoon. Um, and then so did nineties cartoon Spider-Man, but I'm fairly certain, um, that there's another Spider-Man that we know about, um, who has been in other things who appears in, in the movie because when they first get to the Spider Society, when Gwen and um, and Jessica take him to the Spider Society, and he's standing in the uh, what's it called, and, and they're walking through, they have little pop-up bubbles over everyone's head for who they are, and it's like this is just a rhino because there was a rhino that got sent from another universe that's not that one. Um, Craven's there, and it's like that. That was pretty cool. And it's like they they go, and as they go by, it's like one of them is like Insomniac Spider-Man from Universe. I forgot what the number was for that, but that's Spider-Man from the PS4 game. Um, and I'm like, God damn, like, that is so cool. Like, they, they have a similar thing where, um, when they first go in, it's like, this is here, this is here. One of them is up very briefly, and then something comes over it, and then it's like, maybe this is the Spider-Man from whatever. And when you look at the suit, it looks like Raimi's suit. Um, it looks like the Raimi suit, but it's animated, so it's like, is that meant to be him, or is it like... And granted, also, the suits, when drawn in animation, you could say they all kind of look kind of similar. Like, so it could be any of the live-action Spider-Men who are actually there. Um, and I think if it is, it's likely to be, um, what's it called? It's likely to be, I would say Andrew Garfield, because we had him on screen, and we saw him specifically. And when they showed the flashbacks, we see all the, it's all Spider-Men who we had seen in that sequence. And Spider-Women, we had seen that sequence, but moving on from there. Um, and, and the questions I have is, I think they have to resolve it. Because it's like, if it was just Miles who had to stop, you know, um, Jefferson from dying, then it has to be, like, what's it called? Then it has to be, um, there has to be another canon event that's going to cause the issue in, in Gwen's world. Except this time, it's going to be um, Miguel's fault again. Because, you know, one of the things is a captain close to Spider-Man has to die. And if you have Gwen as Spider-Woman and she needs a captain to die, like, you know, she, she already had the death of someone close to her with Peter Parker, but she... And, and they beat this in, so it's like... I, I think they're insinuating that because Miguel interceded in the beginning to capture the vulture 
from the Leonardo da Vinci world. Like, because he intercedes there, they have to, you know, that universe has to die. Because he interceded there, Gwen leaves, and then because Gwen leaves, uh, Stacy quits the force, he's no longer a police captain, now that can't happen anymore. So because that can't happen, this world's now going to head into a canon event, um, or a, an anomaly based on a canon event, which means that the universe has to be destroyed. Um, what else was there that was worth noting? Um, like, I, I love the fact that the bagel guy was, ended up being Spot. Like, that is such a great little touch that was entirely unneeded, but I was like, good for you making that guy the villain of the next two movies. Like, it's such a small thing, but it's such a great indignity that he'd be mad about that I, I, I love that. Um, the, what was it? The, um, and, and I just want to say, like, I want the next movie to come right now. Because I think that that's my biggest problem with this one, is that it's very much part one of a two-part movie. It is very much a movie that is designed to be a, um, what's it called? Designed to be a, uh, you know, it, it, it's, it's part one of part two, uh, of two. It's like, when you watch Infinity War, it's like, great, this is going to be resolved next year with Endgame. When you watch, presumably when we watch Dead Reckoning this year, it's going to be the same thing, because next year we have Dead Reckoning part two. Uh, same thing with Dune, same thing with, you know, Harry Potter, same thing with Twilight, same thing with Hunger Games, same thing with any of these part one of a two-part movie. Um, and I think it takes a little too long once Miles escapes to get to the end. Like, I don't think we need Miles having the conversation with the mom for the universe that it's not his and being like, oh, well, that's something that, you know, I don't think that's necessary. Um, to see here, you can cut all of that, unless it's going to have deeper meaning in the next one. Um, but again, this is, a, we're looking at it as, as part one of two. So I don't think it's fair to say like, oh, well, they should have done this. They should have done this in third act because these things may come into play in the next one. And at which point you're like, well, it makes sense as to why it was here because you need it for the next one. Um, it's a weird situation. And I, I feel like that's kind of where I fit on that. Um, but look, the movie is so good. Like. It, 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 it's paced so well that at no point do you feel like you are, um, you know, you're there for two and a half hours, which the movie is two and a half hours long. There is no post credit scene either. Um, I stayed through the credits and did not see one. I do like that they're like, and here's the, here, like, here's the logo for part two, Beyond the Spider-Verse. Get ready for that. Like, I, and the thing is, too, here's the question I have. Are the Raimi-verse and the MCU at risk under this of there being a, uh, what's it called? Uh, of there being a, um, a canon event. And oh my God, by the way, I think the other thing that's worth addressing that I don't think we, has been talked about really, and I think I might put up a piece about this this weekend, like if they're going to expand this world out and they're, they, they confirm that they're doing a, a Gwen Stacy movie, like a, a Spider-Woman movie, um, and we're talking about how, you know, there are these canon events that happen for every Spider-Man. They're showing clips of what these things are. One of the things is Venom. The arrival of the symbiote and the symbiote fusing to their suit. That's something that they show very clearly as a key part of every Spider-Man story. So is that saying 
what I number one is that insinuating that Spider-Man Four, the MCU one, is going to be Venom? Is that insinuating that we're going to see Venomized Gwen Stacy, which I would also love to see that? And are we also going to see Gwen, uh, Venomized Miles? Because I'd also like to see that. Like there are so many cool ideas here that I want to see played with, and I think the other issue is we're playing with continuity. We are introducing um, what's it called? We introduce um, that there is the Spider-Man from Insomniac here. Uh, from the, from the game universe, that Spider-Man is in this movie, and and they may they seem to indicate that this universe that 1610 has two Spider-Men because it was a what's it called because it was a um, you know there was a a temporal anomaly that caused the Spider to travel between universes and and end up there where it was because the spot did his thing it brought the 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 earth 42 spider to this universe and is the insinuation that miles in that is also that because it seems like every other universe that we see only has one spider-man and if that's the case then why does that one have two it's an interesting conundrum um, and, and I would like to see that rectified, and I would like to see that addressed maybe in the sequel, um, or in, uh, what's it called, or in the new one. I wonder if the game is going to address the fact that he hung out with these other spider people. Um, I'm not saying we need to make a big deal about it or anything like that, but the, I, I want to see them address, like, a, a, a toss-away line. Like, you know, when you play the first game, you go around, and it's like, here's the Sanctum Sanctorum. You find a business card for uh, Nelson and Murdoch attorneys at law. Like, all the like, Avengers Towers in the game. I want to see something similar here where, um, what's it called, where you have this, you know, a small reference to something else in, in another world. And I, I would like to see that. Um, that said, I think all these suits are going to be in the new game. Um, and it was cool to have all the characters in it. Um, five out of five movie. Um, if you have not yet seen Into the Spider uh, Across the Spider Verse, go see Across the Spider Verse. It is hands down. I would say, as of right now, it's my favorite movie of the year so far. Um, I think it has eclipsed John Wick Four. Um, yeah, I think that, and, and I think that. Look, I, I I had preconceived notions about the Flash going into it. I had my issues with the Flash going into it. This movie just made it about 50 to 100 times harder for that movie to land with me. Um, because of how good this is, doing a similar kind of plot and doing it over two movies and keeping it about Miles and not about, you know, oh, and here's Doctor Strange showing up. And that was another thing, too. I like that little, you know, nod to the MCU. Um, and I think that that's the indicator we have that Tom Holland shows up in the next one. Um, I think that that's the indicator that that's going to happen because... It seems to indicate that partially the, this issue is not just Miles' fault, but it's also um, Doctor Strange and and and, um, and Spider-Man from from the MCU's fault. Um, and I like that little you know indicator there. But we'll wrap up there for today. Our next episode will be. Um, I feel like there's something else coming in the near future that we have to talk about. Uh, we might do Muppets Mayhem tomorrow morning. Um, we'll see though. Um, we might do, I don't think Past Lives is playing by me, but I'll double check tomorrow. Um, but until our next episode, which will be whenever, have a great rest of your week.
If you enjoyed this show, be sure to check out our other shows. We have Beware of Spoilers, where we talk about new release movies. We have 30-minute reviews, where we talk about older stuff and current events in the entertainment industry. And we have Exploring Hyperspace Lanes, where every week Josie and I get together to talk about random stuff in our lives. And also, we rank and review everything Star Wars. Old stuff, new stuff, all of it. And you can find all of these shows on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, on Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts. Or, to get it simply, you just go to BewareOfSpoilers.com, or ExploringHyperspaceLanes.com, or 30MinuteReviews.com, and it'll redirect you right to the Spotify page. Uh, thank you, and uh, thank you for enjoying our content.